Ashley Brock Green, Diana Palmer's book, Merciless, Chapter 14. The next day, Jocelyn sat at her desk, typing up reports on the computer with her mind totally not on what she was doing. She was upset because of a hint John had given her about today. He said to be on her toes and nothing more. She wondered what he meant. He was unusually protective and tense, as if he was expecting danger. Their part-time worker, Phyllis Hicks, had shown up for work, mingling with the other officer workers on the floor. Jocelyn tried not to pay too much attention to her, but she was nervous. The woman had a look in her eyes, on her face, that was disconcerting. She didn't seem quite normal, especially today. Jocelyn averted her gaze to her work and tried not to notice that Phyllis was staring at her importantly. But when the woman stopped beside her desk, she was forced to look up and smile as if she knew nothing of the woman's background. Hi, Phyllis. How's school going? She asked Phyllis from the You have a reputation in this office for being able to get information that nobody else can find, she said low in her voice. So it's a safe bet that you checked me out and found something that all the agents who investigated my background missed. I thought I'd covered it up very well, she had a really cool smile. But I must have missed one little link somewhere. Excuse me, Jocelyn said carelessly with a famous faint smile. You know who my real father is. I do? She smiled again. Stop it, Phyllis said in her eyes, took on and off. Feral sort of glim. No more games. They've been watching me, Marquis and his friends. My dad told me. He tells me everything. All I have to do is flatter him and make a fuss over him, and he'll dig into files for me. I say it's helping me learn my job. He buys it every time. He does? Phyllis placed her hands on the desk and leaned forward so that her voice didn't care. My dad says that you've got to follow me. He shocked him. Thinks they're trying to railroad me on an attempted murder charge because I told him it was all lies. He was shocked that a good detective like Marquise would target a sweet, helpless little thing like me. Are Cobras helpless? Justin asked. They never get enough evidence to convict me, she whispered. She smiled and seemed proud of herself in a sick way. She started talking quickly as if she couldn't stop. I persuaded my real daddy into letting me go with him to make sure Dan Jones did the job on Kill Ribbon's daughter. I was just 17, but I was already a dead shot. My daddy taught me. Dan Jones was such a wimp. He couldn't shoot a child. He even cried. Took the shotgun away and killed the little girl with it. It was easy. Really easy. Didn't bother me at all. My daddy said I was a natural. Her eyes gleamed with an insane light. Well, Jocelyn tried not to gag. So he talked Jay Cooper into letting me do some wet work for them. I could get in places they couldn't. My stepdad knew all sorts of things I could use, and he didn't have a clue. He was feeding me information I gave to my real dad. I could get weapons out of the evidence room and put them back. Nobody ever suspected me. Imagine hiding a murder weapon in an evidence room. She laughed professionally. Then that stupid Moreau had to go and claim credit for my kill. Mine. Loved about the shotgun. I should have never told my real daddy where I put it. You can't tell people anything these days. Nobody can keep it. Nobody can keep his mouth shut. You killed a child? Justin said horrified. What's one less little kid in the world? She asked me. I was going to do yours. They wouldn't let me. They said killing his secretary's kid wouldn't hurt him nearly as much as doing his mother. <laughs> she laughed coldly. So I found out where she was staying. Listened in on her conversations with her son. I took a wheel gun with the serial number filed off and did her. 
right in her hotel room. While she was on the phone with Gilray, and she laughed at him. That was so funny. Imagine how he felt when he heard her die and couldn't do a thing. Jocelyn's mouth was half open. The woman was confessing to two murders in an FBI office to Jocelyn that she wasn't fired and the office wasn't bugged. It would be hearsay evidence, no matter what oaths Jocelyn swore to tell the truth. You really are out of your mind, Jocelyn said to him. Don't say that, she snapped at the old woman. They said that about my grandmother because she killed herself. My real daddy told her what I did. She couldn't take it. She overdosed on some pills. She straightened. She was really weak, but I'm strong. I can do anything, just like my real daddy. He killed Dan Jones, who wouldn't let me go with him that time. But he told me all about it. It was so exciting, she was rising. He said Jones cried and begged him, Jay Cooper, not to kill him. The idiot got religion. He was going to sell up Jay Cooper and my real daddy. They got Cooper, but they didn't get my daddy, and they won't get me either. And Harold Moreau is going to die. He isn't part of our family anymore. He just married to my aunt. You can't think they won't find evidence that convict you, Jocelyn said quietly. You won't get away with it. Who's going to arrest me, he chimed. And on what evidence? The word Kilraven and his new wife told them they heard Jake Cooper say that my daddy helped him kill that girl. But once the tape was gone, they couldn't prosecute daddy. It was their word against his. How did that tape disappear? I took it out of the evidence room. She said, then we had a friend get into your apartment and take the records that proved I was Daddy's illegitimate daughter. Jada Coley, I took the files out of the mainframe computer here. It's handy working for the FBI. She said, you can't think you'll get away with it, Jocelyn said. Why not? The other woman asked with a careless laugh. I've never been, even been under suspicion, her eyes The kid's been lucky so far, hasn't he? Jocelyn got to her feet. Her blue eyes were glittering as she moved toward the other woman. You touch my son. You even think of touching him. You won't be able to hide anywhere on this earth. You think you can stop me? I think someone has to, Jocelyn said quietly. Before you hurt somebody else's child, you're absolutely insane. Don't say that, Phyllis lunged at her. Lightning fast, pushing her back against him. I'm not crazy. She had her hands around Jocelyn's throat and her nails biting him. Jocelyn could hardly breathe. They didn't hurry. And that's enough of that, lady. A gruff voice came from over Phyllis's shoulder. She was pulled upright, turning around and handcuffed in a pretty easy motion. What the hell? Phyllis exclaimed. Jocelyn got to her feet, a little shaking. John put his arm around her, examining her throat and grimace. She only smiled at him, taking the leave. <sighs> may take us a little time to wrap up all the loose in. Detective Marquis told the furious red faced But we get there. He motioned to the two uniformed officers he brought with him, one of whom had Phyllis by the arm. He noticed that I'm reading your rights. Wouldn't want to leave one single loophole for a defense attorney. He read the Miranda rights. You set me up, Phyllis explained Clary fiercely at a self stop Jocelyn. Actually, Rook set you up, Jocelyn said coldly, with a little help from Detective Marquis here and Gail Rogers. This time, the tapes won't go missing, I promise you. Your stepfather is down at the police headquarters trying to explain how he helped you get into the evidence room. He won't tell them anything, she said. Oh, he's up for retirement in six months. I expect he'll tell them whatever they want to know, John added. His eyes were cold as eyes. You killed my niece and my mother. I'll be every... I'll be at every parole hearing until I die. You'll never get out of prison. First, they have to convict me, she said sweetly, and they have no evidence. John, 
if a quick second. I suppose it didn't occur to you that shotgun shells need to be wiped with prints as well as the barrel of the gun. She stared back at him blankly and then withdrawing realization. Monroe, she burst out. That stupid, stupid idiot told him where the murder weapon was hidden. He took the blame for it, y'all not, to save you. She shifted surprise. He doesn't even like me. You're part of his family, aren't you? He asked in surprise himself defending Moreau. I guess so, decided. But that idiot put a noose around my neck all the same. My real daddy will take care of him. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't think so. Kill Raven said Jordan and smiled coldly at the woman who killed his three-year-old daughter. He had to fight the instinct that was telling him to snap her neck before she could even go to jail. The real daddy has been arrested and charged with the complacency and the murder of my wife and child. You see, there were two sets of fingerprints on those shotgun shells. He didn't add that they wouldn't be able to identify those prints officially until she was arrested, booked, fingerprinted. He was hedging his bets. She was absolutely at loss for words. Her voice went, her face went red, not from embarrassment. She let out a barrage of curses, some of which had left, had Sean looked in his eyebrow. Get her out of here, John advised the policeman, who was still afraid that Kill Raven might do something incredible. Good idea, Kill Raven said icily. They removed their Kill Raven John and Johnson watched go with some same expression. What a shock, John said heavily. Take the Marquis came closer, his hands in his pockets, he grimaced. I'm afraid the shocks aren't over for the day. <laughs> what? John asked his mother. You have to promise not to hit me, he told the brother. It was the only thing I could think of to save her, especially after your employee so called phoned me. All of a sudden told me that he heard what was going down once Kevin Blackhawk got to the hotel. I got an earful about Jay Cooper's family tree in the process, so I came up with this idea to let the killer think she'd scored a direct hit. I had no idea the Rick had some knowledge of Hollywood style special effects. He had thought special effects, John asked. Marquis should be sorry. I was thinking out loud about the guy's background. Yes. Sloan called Moreau and had him pay Phyllis a visit. He knew what sort of gun she carried. While she was out of the room, he switched clips. She fired blanks from a concealed position and thanks to some carefully rigged explosive charges over a Kevlar vest. Looked as if real bit bullets had caused major damage to Cammy's chest. Phyllis, left without checking closer, Thank God it would have ruined the setup as we had blown the case. Wait a minute. John Falk. Cammy's not dead. She's alive. Kill Raven Echo dump echo dumbfounded. Alive and still cursing me for putting the two of you through a mock murder, Marquis said. My medical insurance is paid up, so if you wanna punch me, both brothers grabbed him at the same time and hugged him. Even John, who was notorious for avoiding displays of public affection, got some laughs at it. What a trick! No wonder you won't let Kill Raven or Alice Fowler into the crime scene or give them access to the police report on the murder. Marquis glared. Yes, despite your best efforts to hack my computer. Oops, he said, about which, fortunately, you, I know nothing. He had it. Thank goodness, he said. I look terrible in orange jumpsuits. Where is she? John asked. At the ranch, she replied, chuckling at the stress. Alone said it's the safest place because he'd kill anything that came near him. He was indignant that a cousin of his was responsible for this mess, even if she was only related to his son by marriage. Harold Monroe is his son. John reminded Marcus, I know. 
I wired his inmate friend to record his so-called conversation. He left. This has been one incredible case in all my years with the force. I've never come across anything similar. Well, except for this one case in my days as a police officer with a state senator's wife was involved in a grizzly murder and went to prison for it. Judd Dunn was involved in that one. So it was cash dry. I remember the senator was Dunn's best friend. Tragic case. Getting the senator marry his secretary. Kill Raven ass. Yes, they had two little boys now. He's retired from politics and spends his time pushing legislator to help farmers. Happy endings. Very, I want to see Cam Johnson. Me too. His brother's like, Hello, go. Johnson said, Can you ask the sack if we can have the rest of the day, y'all? She asked, Well, he ran home my way. I'll get back to work before the shock and relief wear off and they start looking for blunt instruments of violence. Marquis used glancing from one brother to the other. We wouldn't hit you. John protests. Well, we wouldn't hit you hard. Kill Raven amended. And he grinned. Kimmy was waiting at the front door when the five of them arrived. She grabbed her sons and hugged, and hugged them and cried and hugged them some more. They were doing much the same. Eventually, she let them go and embraced Jocelyn and Winnie. She went to pick up little Marky, who was unsettled by all the motion. It's okay, Jocelyn told her. These are happy tears. You thought your grandma was. Well, that we wouldn't see her again. I know. There was a funeral and I could go. He looked at his grandmother and touched her soul with her black hair and his high elegant one. I'm so glad you didn't die, Granny. Her eyes teared up again. She hugged him closer. Me too. Oh, I'm so happy. So are we, when he murmured, and she hugged Kimmy as well. A few days later, they sat around the huge open fireplace in the living room and talked over the shattering events of the past months. Some columns started in the room. His cowboy hat gripped in one big hand, but he hesitated when he saw all the people. John got up and went to him, his eyes black and quiet as he met the other I know, I'm fired. Come on, help me. I should have told you about my own son and my family connections long ago, but I thought you wouldn't want to trust me. John hugged him home. You saved Cammy's life and because we hired you, your son helped us find the killer of my niece, Melly, and Max for what? Take the other man by the phone. Don't even think about quitting. We owe you. All of us. Kill Raven agreed quietly. Especially me. Kimmy added and smiled at home. I know. I knew you'd be a wonderful addition to the ranch staff. I was right. She looked at her something that I'm always right. So you should listen to me when I tell you things for your own good. You wanted me to marry Charlene. John reminded her. And you wanted me to stop seeing Winnie. Kill Raven reminded her. She threw up her hand. Two little mistakes. She sighed. They laughed. I will try to reform, she said in a gentle tone. From now on, I'm going to keep out of your businesses and mind my own. She said that was just There are just one or two things, small things. You take Marky to a lung specialist and let them do tests, and I'll pay for it. You should have a pretty wedding gown. We can go to Neomarcus to pick out one, and we should do something about the color scheme in John's apartment. There should be bright colors. You ought to kill Raven go. Uh, they want to buy cow on the beer, they said. Then spoiled their exit by bursting into laughter just outside the living room door. Now, what in the world are they laughing at? Kimmy wanted to Never mind. About John's apartment. She continued to go there. Jocelyn and Winnie exchanged smooth glances, but they paid rapt attention. End of chapter 15. 14. 14.
14. My bad. End of chapter 14.